listening to the Legitimate Podcast, hosted by Mike and Rochelle Poulton, helping you get ahead and stay ahead in law, business, and life every Friday at 10 a.m. Hello, Arizona. Welcome to the Legitimate Podcast. We are your hosts, Mike and Rochelle Poulton. We're here to discuss the pros and cons of buying luxury real estate today. And uh, today's show is brought to you by the AZ Own It team at Realty Executives. That's our real estate team. You can find us online at azownit.com or give us a call at 480-400-1297. We're just going to talk a little bit today about the pros and cons of buying luxury real estate. Now, you might think, well, what the heck is the con of buying uh, luxury real estate? Who doesn't want a great house? Well, it is a little different, and if you haven't been involved necessarily in the process of purchasing or owning a particularly nice and expensive home, there are a lot of rude wake-up calls <laughs> involved in this that you should be aware of before you do a massive upgrade in response to your newfound financial success. So first, Rochelle, what is luxury real estate? Is that just some sort of a, a vague thing that doesn't mean anything? No, it's a real term of art. So what it refers to in the real estate world is a certain price point, and it depends on geographic location. So typically a house that's over 750 is probably considered a luxury home. But if you live in a rural area, maybe it's 500000 If you live in a really rural area, maybe it's two fifty. It just depends on you, the area. And if you live in an especially nice area, like it, Paradise Valley, it could be a million five. Five um, million. <laughs> it, it just depends. Yes. But uh, the key to this is that within any particular market or submarket, the realtors who do business there know what luxury is and what it isn't. And there's going to be a pretty sharp line defining what, what a luxury property is in that location versus a non-luxury property. It's not just a random marketing term that you throw around. The first tip that we want to talk about is, you know, one of the pros and cons is has to do with repairs and upgrades. Yes. So when you're thinking about, let's say you're buying a $300,000 home, well, you are really concerned about electrical and plumbing in Arizona specifically, because what if those things need to be upgraded? Well, maybe that's thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000. Well, when you're buying a luxury house that's $1.5 million, you don't really care as much. It's such a small fraction of the purchase price that you just kind of assume that certain repairs and upgrades are going to need to be done. And the market accepts the need for those things more readily in a more expensive property. So you typically find that most single-family homes in many parts of the country are around $120 to $200 a square foot is pretty typical. Here in Phoenix these days, we are well above that in the middle of the city. But the reason we're well above that is because of the value of the location. It's not that the property itself, the structure on it, the house, is worth more than that per square foot. It's that the value of having a house located in central Phoenix jumps the price up substantially. If you were to do an infill custom build, if you got an empty lot in the middle of Phoenix, uh, you would pay a lot for that lot. But your cost of construction for building a house on it would only be eh, 200, 200 some a square foot for a a A really nice house. (laughs) Well, not a luxury house, but a typical kind of nice house that you would see being done in central Phoenix these days. With a luxury property, typically the home is going to be much larger. You're going to be looking at 
several thousand square feet, upwards uh, in the heavy luxury range of uh, even tens of thousands of square feet. There are some houses that are 30,000, 40,000 square feet uh, here in the valley. Um, those are gigantic estates. But here's the additional catch. The construction cost per square foot of those projects is way, way higher. They can easily spend hundreds of dollars a square foot on up to approaching $1,000 a square foot on construction cost alone for a real high-end luxury home. And most of that money is going into interior finishes, things like very expensive flooring, complex millwork projects, custom stone, fixtures that are unbelievably Imported. expensive. Uh, <laughs> yes. And when you factor all of those things in and see that your construction cost can easily be 300 a square foot on a house that's several thousand square feet, um, now doing things like upgrading an aging plumbing system or upgrading the electrical service no longer really have as significant of an impact on the overall property value as they do on a typical house that's worth a few hundred thousand dollars, where that may be, uh, that may completely destroy um, your profit margin on eventual resale of a home. If you buy it at, at what you think is a fair market price and it turns out that you have to replace all the, all the plumbing and electrical, you're screwed. Uh, you're going to lose a bunch of money on that house. But, well, if it was a $12 million estate, um, you can probably do those electrical upgrades and do a whole bunch of plumbing work and a whole bunch of other kind of infrastructure work. Um, and, yeah, it'll cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars. You might even have a seven-figure upgrade bill. But overall, it's not going to contribute that much. Was it 10% yeah, of the most. purchase price? So, yeah. I mean, it just doesn't make that big of a difference. And I think if you're buying a luxury home for the first time, you can get sticker tag shock. You know, uh, especially when you first move in, it's like the landscaping costs are a lot more expensive. Arborists are expensive. Uh, maintaining mature landscaping is expensive. You will need a landscaper that is kind of expected if you're living on a large property that you're going to maintain it to a higher standard. And utility bills are more expensive. Property taxes are more expensive. Everything associated with that luxury house is more expensive, just like when you buy a luxury car. Your oil change is more expensive. Your tires are more expensive. If something breaks, it's thousands of dollars. And uh, a, a key to this to, uh, to recognize is that they're not just proportionally more expensive because it's a bigger house. They're vastly disproportionately more expensive because for most typical homes, cost and efficiency are targets. There's some optimization. Um, you know, a home, a typical home is designed to be affordable to live in and maintain. Uh, a high-end luxury property generally is not. Uh, being cheap to live in and operate was never anybody's goal. So it may not be energy efficient at all. It's got glass all over the whole west side of the thing, so you can see the beautiful sunset. Well, you're going to be paying $12,000 a month in cooling um, easily with, with some properties that are not even all that large. Uh, you may have six or eight air conditioners just for the main living space because of all the glass and, and the poor energy efficiency. Uh, you, you could easily spend thousands of dollars a month just on pool maintenance, and nobody cares because the goal wasn't for it to be affordable. The goal was for it to be totally awesome. Exactly what you want. Yes. <laughs> so uh, it's easy when you're upgrading your lifestyle and upgrading your real estate to think that moving from a $500,000 house 
uh, into a one and a half million dollar house is three times the operating cost. It probably isn't. It's probably five times the operating cost and potentially a lot more. Um, and certainly if you've become substantially wealthier than you used to be and you're looking at properties that are several million dollars, um, keep in mind that for the most part, the cost of ownership of that type of property was never really anybody's consideration. And it's going to be vastly disproportionately higher than what you're used to. So if you're thinking about making the jump, just know what you're in for. And if you're already there and you're thinking about moving to a different luxury property because, you know, you can cash out and build exactly what you want somewhere else, now is the great time to do that. Um, but in dealing with these transactions, you also have to keep in mind that inventory is a lot different in the luxury market. When you've got a right now in Phoenix, if your home is worth $300,000 and you list it, you're probably going to close in 30 days, right? You're going to have a ton of offers if it's priced right and everything goes well, you know, you could easily sell your home in the next month or so. But if, you know, you have a $3 million property or a $1 million property and you're looking to sell, well, it's going to take a little bit longer than that. And the more expensive your home is, the longer it's going to take to find a buyer. So if you're buying a $20 million property, there aren't a whole lot to choose from. And what you want may not be exactly what's being sold. So it's really a a, a difficult process when you're dealing in high-end luxury on what you're really looking for and how much you need to change it. And, you know, it's happens where someone buys a $20 million estate and they bulldoze half the building. And completely redo the whole rest of it. And that plays into what we were talking about earlier with high construction cost per square foot and how a lot of the expenses in finishes. Um, many high-end luxury properties, uh, estates that are several million dollars and up, um, are completely redone upon almost every turnover of ownership. Few of them remain the same long term unless there's something historically significant about the property or it's very architecturally unique. If it's uh, the kind of thing that you see a lot of in Paradise Valley and North Scottsdale, if you've got a, a three or a five million dollar house that's not particularly unique, there's a good chance that it's going to be getting substantially remodeled every time it gets sold. Uh, you're going to come in and you're going to make it into what you want. And that's fine. Um, you can afford to do that on a property like that because that cost of doing a moderate remodel and reconfiguring it in, in some important ways to be the kind of estate that you want it to be, um, that fits within the market value a lot better with that kind of a house than it does with uh, a more typically priced house like you may have been used to before. So just remember, when you're buying, the buying process is a lot longer uh, in luxury because there's less to choose from. And... The financial issue, like of financing that property, is a lot different. Like you're not Very looking different. at, you know, FHA three percent down. You're priced out. You're in the jumbo market. You're looking at conventional financing, which means they expect you to have cash. You should have at least twenty percent down, <laughs> plus all of the closing costs, plus perfect credit, plus 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 plus. Otherwise, what are you doing? So it's really important that before you're making this jump, you know, that you know, like hey, this is what I need to do to get my finances in order and to make sure that this is a property that I want, that I can afford. And once you do buy it, don't be afraid to make it what you want. It's a luxury house. You bought it. It should do exactly what you want it to do. Absolutely. And on the point of uh, the financing not being uh, conventional, um, it's unconventional in even more ways than that. Because 
an awful lot of very high-end home deals are all-cash deals in the sense that there's no mortgage on the house. Now, that does not really mean that it's a cash deal. Uh, if you look under the hood of a lot of those transactions, you'll find that that money was borrowed. It just wasn't borrowed against the house. Uh, more typically, it's borrowed against other assets. It's borrowed against an equities portfolio or a privately owned business or even other real estate elsewhere. But you're going to be taking advantage of stronger and more complicated lending relationships with the financial institutions that you work with in your business and financial matters to make that transaction work for you. These are private bank deals. If you're looking at buying a house that's worth several million dollars or more, first and foremost, this should not be a stretch for you. Uh, if you're looking at buying a house that's that expensive and you're, you're maxing out your ability to purchase some house by doing it, you should probably reconsider a house that's more normal uh, and substantially less expensive will give you a lot less headache and stress in the long run, especially because of the greatly increased ownership and operating costs of very large, expensive houses. But also because the expectation really is from everyone involved that if you're in the market for a several million dollar house, uh, you can swing that pretty easily and that you have the resources with private banking relationships, with asset-backed credit, things like that, to be able to write a check for it. And furnish it. And furnish it, uh, which can easily cost um, several hundred thousand dollars on the low end, up to easily seven figures for a house like that. Uh, you could spend a quarter of the value of the house furnishing the house pretty easily. And that is not even including the art. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's not including <laughs> any of the collectibles. expensive things. Large rooms <laughs> require large furniture and a lot of it. It's It can be quite surprising what you're in for that you would not normally expect based on even nice standard houses. So if you've struck it rich, uh, you've, you're really moving up. Think carefully before you make these decisions. People make questionable uh, and even highly inadvisable financial decisions at every step on the wealth spectrum. And multi-million dollar homes do end up getting foreclosed sometimes. Those can be great deals, uh, but just take them as cautionary tales that you don't end up in that position uh, where you find that you have a house that's three times as expensive as what you could have been happy in, and you're really stressed out by trying to afford the upkeep and operating cost. Because it's, it's easy to get into that trap, and there are plenty of people in North Scottsdale and Paradise Valley who are in that kind of trap. You have to remember, we're lawyers, so we deal with like the real estate messy side. So we yes. see all of the horror stories. So when we're telling you about the, the bad side, it's because these are things that we've dealt with. <laughs> so usually a normal luxury real estate transaction is very smooth, very straightforward. Because and, it's not a stretch for anybody involved. Yes. So this is really just our cautionary, like if you're a first-timer a luxury real estate person, like you really want to work and surround yourself with people that you can trust, that know the market and that are willing to, you know, give you the real deal on what to expect. Absolutely. And don't be shocked that people expect that you can just write five and six figure checks off the cuff for all kinds of stuff that you weren't expecting. That's, that's what you're getting into. <laughs> yep. Well, we hope you found this useful. And as always, if you've got questions, we've got answers. You can find us online at azonit.com. You're listening.
listening to the Legitimate Podcast, hosted by Mike and Rochelle Poulton, helping you get ahead and stay ahead in law, business, and life every Friday at 10 a.m.